Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And this is Track Walking. Um, what are we going to talk about, Seth? I don't know. There's so much going on that I feel like if we decided on a thing, it would limit other things. And so I thought we should decide on this during the show and that would somehow make stuff more efficient. Sure. Works. Yeah. Good logic. Sure. So I had, I had all the races this weekend and you had all the races this weekend. And because we were both all the racing this weekend, I don't really know what you did and you don't really know what I did. It's true. Yeah. And, and I was at the races for a solid four days. Yeah. Your races uh, were bigger than my races, which they usually are. I just, yeah, I made it through the day. I literally walked in the house after work and I opened a beer because you know what? I survived the work day after a very long and big track weekend. I got to treat yourself. I got to 1030 today and I was sleepy. So I took a nap. So sounds delightful. It was really good. It was a good nap. We, we lead different lives just barely. (laughs) (laughs) I I really want Becky to turn into a sugar mama so I can just stay home, work on the house, do race car stuff. That'd be phenomenal. Yeah. So speaking of, of, uh, of Becky, um, you guys had like an expertise thing this weekend. Do you? We did. So I'd been talking about this and thinking about it for a while. And because Midwest Festival this year did not have any beginners, I had only a very small amount of responsibility outside of getting in a car and trying to drive it as fast and as safely as possible. So we were like, well, we, I say we, I mean, me was like, Hey, why don't we put it out there to do single session setup evaluations? We can do like, how long would each of these take? Maybe about an hour. You know, I'm coming from the carpentry world. So, you know, 30 bucks, one evaluation. We'll do that. Which is, you, which is you and Becky, like just like knowledge bombing or. So what I did is um, had a lot more interest than I anticipated. <laughs> um, ended up having to turn some people away. Many apologies. Uh, Fame is a bitch. Let me well, tell you. Primarily from the other GLTC drivers because Becky was kind of in charge of my and Brian's car for the weekend. And oh yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> only and there's only so much a Becky can do. So we we had to turn down the GLTC drivers just because we couldn't overload Becky at that same time. And the rest I touched base with uh, via text and just told them to tell me you know what car they had, uh, what spring rates, what alignment, what tires, what width, what size of tires, what size of wheels. Uh, power, arrow, and I think what they would like the car to do better. And then we kind of got something scheduled and talked to them right beforehand, took cold pressures uh, with our stuff just so we had a, a baseline. Sent them out for anywhere from two to four laps. Had them come in hot. We took some temperatures and sent them on the merry way. And then I plugged it into my fancy little thing on my computer so it does all the math for me, which is delightful. Then I interpreted it and uh, made some recommendations based on that of tire pressure, alignment, uh, weight distribution, uh, tire size, wheel size, blah, blah, blah. So your real genius will come in the future if they implement some of these things or did, was there some real genius just in like pressure changes on the day? Um, I got feedback that some of the pressure changes were helpful. Um, the, the setup evaluation is really, it was really like a snapshot in time. Right. It was, you know, the track in this condition, this track, 
how you were driving it at the time. It's it's, it's really kind of a, a brief snapshot overview, some low-hanging fruit and some longer-term stuff to look at and think about. Um, in the future when I'm not driving um, on a weekend, like if we extend this out beyond our personal race weekends, I think a half-day or full-day uh, setup or engineering service I think would be much more beneficial because we can really try these things we can you know do sway bar adjustments halfway through a session and bring them back in and see what that does and I mean really like really go through the ringer I think that would be because I know we've done that on our car a couple times and it's just monumentally helpful I wanted to tell you that I was proud of you and Becky for, for coming to the realization that you had, you had a knowledge base that was valuable, not just in the, Oh, that's valuable way, but like a monetizing valuable, creating value for other people. Like you've, you guys have done a thing and you've become like, (laughs) is it a, was it a weird transition to go from like the, hi, I'm Scott and I have a Miata to the, hi, I'm Scott. How can I help you? It still sounds weird when you say it. Um, (laughs) It's, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot I feel we don't know. Um, But I think we've, you know, we've kind of really informally, we've been helping um, some of the people we know. And we've actually been a part of helping people set their personal bests at tracks. And having like continually helped the development on a few cars very quietly in the background. Um, and it's been good and kind of through those, you know, it's been, it's like, you know what, we might, might actually be able to help people. Um, and in a way that, you know, isn't gonna hurt. Um, it's certainly different than coaching. Right, And it's not something I ever saw in and around the paddock before. Um, I've, I certainly have seen, you know, coaching for hire and things like that. But um, no, you know, at our level, like basically tire and setup engineering for hire just really isn't a thing unless you bring it on your team. So wanted to give it a try. Um we were told by no fewer than five people that were undercharging. <laughs> um, but we kind of, my attitude on it is, you know, we'll call it an introductory price uh, to, uh, you know, just get it out there that we're doing this and that we can offer this. Um, but I think that, you know, these one-time setup evaluations can lead to half-day, full-day evaluations and, um, set up testing and I think pretty easily that can lead into some uh, video and data review coaching because setup and that kind of thing is really only half of the uh, it's a big half but it's only half of the equation that you know we can do these tire pressure adjustments and things but you know, if you also do this on entry, this will also generate heat in your tires in a different right. way. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's things like, you know, why is the car loose on entry? Some of that's the car. Some of that's you being a exactly not the best person coming off brakes, you know, like a whole bunch of things like that. So, yep. yeah, and chicken I, and egg. And I did tell a few people, and I told them, please don't take offense, um, that especially Gingerman, that right rear tire, um, you know, which is going to be high-speed left-handers around right. turn eight and turn nine. That's really five, six, eight, and nine. Those are really where you lean on that particular tire. There were two, at least two setups we did that that tire was just underutilized. And so I said, you know, part of it, like based on <laughs> based on what we read, you can do this to your pressure and alignment. You can also just drive faster. <laughs> You could just be better and that would change. I did not say that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I, that's why, that's why you do your job and I do mine. (laughs) It'd be the, uh, the demotivator in the back, back, just do better. (laughs) 
just stop sucking so much and you'll be faster, which is the, which is the, the Brian DeFreeze yeah. thing. And he, he contends he didn't say it quite like that, but that's exactly what I heard way back in the day. I believe in your heart. That's what you heard. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. So that was, that was good. We, I think we took on too much to be honest, um, even doing two cars in one time attack block from, you know, having them check in to pyrometer, then to kind of looking at all the data. It was, it was busy, especially, you know, since I was still driving and, um, you know, all that stuff. So, so I think we're, I think we'll continue it. Uh, We've got to kind of figure out how, where, and when and stuff like that. But yeah, it was a good experience. And I, um, I think, and I hope it was beneficial for some people. Awesome. To segue, speaking of taking on too much and being, and being awesome. Yeah, this is a good transition. I've been waiting for wait, wait, wait. to stick my foot in the door. Just. Um, so we finished endurance racing this weekend. Yes. Okay. I have been idiotically being the person who's been handling setup, bike modification, preparation, everything for two endurance teams, one of which I race on. Yeah. Motorcycles yeah. are smaller but we still have stuff to do. Yeah. That seems like a lot. And also the bike I ride is not the bike my kid rides. So I don't know if you've ever, you, you haven't because your, your son's not old enough. So imagine being in a race trying to do good laps. And then you like look into the pits and you're like, they're disassembling my child's motorcycle that I prepped yesterday. I'd Weird. Have, I'd have to come in. <laughs> you just have to I, keep lapping. No. I'd so, so, so these are the kind of things that happen. But I could go. I'd have to do a whole show on what's gone on the season. Highlight is, we did both win our classes this year. Okay. There was there was something like forty four teams that entered total, like over the course of all the season. Points are of course how many laps you do total in the year. Um, the the goobers, the kids team finished second overall of all 40 some teams like and this is besides classes this is like yeah, for class, everyone class independent of everyone who raced we have a 12 year old and a 14 year old and a 15 year old riding a kid's dirt bike around the track finished second overall my team bunch of old dudes and one teenage girl who's really good at this finished third overall so my prep shop, crappy garage, towing bikes behind in the cord, took second and third overall in the endurance racing series, which makes me feel like I'm radically undercharging for whatever weird thing I'm doing. Yeah. Do you do you have a shop name? Like, do you have uh, stickers no, on the side I mean, of the cord? I've always done extended lateral motorsports, right? That's been my thing. Sure. It's stuck all over my car. Nobody understands it. It's fine. Um, I have a beaver on my car. Only one? Yeah, well, that I found. Only one that you know of? It's the one you put there. <laughs> Did I put it? I don't think I put it on. I put them all over Dalen's car. Oh, they're, you they're you put one on my car. You said that I didn't get to ask why. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you don't get to ask why. Um, I, I may asked be... and I found out. but Okay, yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of uh, tiny beavers floating around grid life. No, Weird. Not, not tiny. Tiny's too big. They're nano beavers. Nano beavers. Anyway, people <laughs> have no idea what we're talking about there. Um Yes, you guys. We just made good life people nervous, so they're like, "Wait a minute! Yeah. People are putting tiny beaver stickers on my car." If you've been at Grid Life and you've passed through Grid, there's a reasonable chance somebody stuck a tiny beaver sticker on your car. I should I should give that to Carson, who works in tech, yeah. to put in like some really strange, weird places that to like that people would like really have to look for. Yes. Yes, you should. Like on the underside of an intake manifold. <laughs> you wouldn't have People any idea to... until you disassemble it. What the? Yeah. yeah. So you guys did well. Like Weirdly. Yeah. We <laughs> utterly bizarre. And anybody who listens to the show, like the first half of my season was just like, like a feeling of miserable failure. And somehow it worked out great, which... What I was thinking of this on the on the excruciatingly long drive home, and I was like, this is the whole how you do anything is how you do everything. Like, I just sort of chug along feeling like I'm bad at this. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, that worked out really well. 
Yay. But you only get that from an external source, never from an internal sense that you actually did well. No, because if and it was just me away. judging, yeah, if it was just me judging the season on like my own merits, like my personal race season was garbage, <laughs> utterly terrible. But the teams I was responsible for did great. Yeah, and to be so, honest, those are only those are the only races that I feel like truly good about is because sometimes like I'll feel bad about how I did, but the results will be good. And sometimes I'll feel great about how I did, but the results will be terrible. But yeah. it's nice like when those two things actually match up. Yeah, I'm still hoping for that someday. someday. <laughs> it's it's great, Seth. You'll you'll you get there. I like it when it happens. You'll get there. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I, so how did okay, so how did you do racing this weekend? Like either individually, holistically, um, like you feel like you're going to keep racing, you're going to just quit it all and race jet skis. Like what's going to happen? So, um, we have a new teammate. Okay. Brian, De- <laughs> Brian DeFreeze. Uh, I feel it's a little bit like adopting a raccoon, but it's, go on. Well, if you've seen him, um, yeah, it's, you know, we were kind of talking about it and you know, the, the whole notion of, you know, Brian's, all the way down in Texas. He uh, largely drives his GLTC car uh, to and from events. He did not this one. Um, But he just has the same kind of idiocy that we do. And he's a very carefree guy. And we'd been kind of helping him with his car and we hang out on track weekends anyway. And, you know, we were talking and thinking about it. It's like, you know what? We we can just like formalize what we do anyway, which is like try to park next to each other and put matching stickers on the car and we can help him with car setup and he can help promote our partners and sponsors. And he was super excited and we were super excited to have him. So he hung out at our house for a few days um, with his dog Literally, his dog Herman, which is the old one of the oldest souls in a dog I've ever seen. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's a good boy. Um, hung out, and then we went down to Gingerman uh, with the Miata towing its little trailer, Mooncake, with its little Robertson stripes on it, and then Brian DeFreeze towing his. Uh, race civic with newfound race stripes on it and uh we hung out for four days with very very strange track conditions <laughs> um i'll gloss through this because i never one i never want to blame track conditions and two it's like i don't really trust my judgment of what track conditions actually are all i know is thursday we had a practice session and a a uh, slightly extended qualifying section, and I drove like trash. Was not feeling good about myself at the end of that night, and it's also Becky's birthday that day. By the way, happy, happy birthday, Becky! Happy belated, belated, but still happy birthday. Podcast. Yeah, this is this will come out later and later than your yeah. birthday. It won't even be relevant. You'll well, be like, ah, oh, that's so. That's no, so she long. she we're like doing a birthday month kind of thing. That's the way to do it. Um, but yeah, so and we found out um, a day or so later that apparently some formula cars had been there laying down oh. some kind of exotic slick rubber down. And that before uh, we showed up, the track was actually better than it had ever been. Um, but because... And I'm just now learning a little bit about this when you lay down non-DOT slick rubber and then you've got street tire rubber and then you've got drift rubber and then you've got Hoosier R7 rubber. Like those things actually don't go well together. Were you picking it up with your tires or were you just skating over it? Uh, On Thursday, variable. Um, Okay. I could not. There was, 
and again, like I hadn't driven in like a month, so I was trying to just blame everything on myself. How you do anything. And, um, right. and yeah, I just, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't get into a flow, just everything I'd have grip here and not there. And, but if I went a little offline, it, it changed. Like it just, I couldn't find a rhyme or reason. And the track conditions Friday morning improved slightly. And then they, I think just progressively got worse through the weekend, but they got more consistent, uh, from okay. Friday on, uh, consistently low grip, but I will take consistency over weird high grip in spots. Uh, I think any day. Yeah. See, this is something we're super used, used to riding motorcycles on a cart track. Also a cart track that's used for drifting sometimes is that, um, and it took me, God, it took me, I don't know, thousands of laps before I could go out there and tell you whether the track was good and what was going on with it. And now I'm really sensitive to what rubber's been down. Um, I can tell you whether people have been driving good carts or not good carts by the type of rubber they put down. And if the drift cars go through there, of course, they have such weird lines that you'll come instead of, at least when you're in carts, you're like on basically the same line. When you're, when you're following drift cars, there'll be times you're going across their line so through a corner, the, the rubber that's down will change. So it'll go from grippy to slippery back to grippy again as the bike is leaned over. Um, and those are really weird conditions to drive in. So um, yeah. that's why I was asking you about it because that's something that I've become acutely aware of in, in really the last eight months or so and become sensitive to. Yeah, I mean, this was really my first, I guess, being fully aware of it, not really knowing what to do about it necessarily but just you like, can't do anything about it you just well, have to to drive but i think it, it lets you better. know no I'm, yeah just be better scott I, I think it lets you know though like like if you understand like anything else if you understand what has happened just intellectually it gives you a little bit better idea you go okay formula cars were here with weird rubber it may be like that changes the grip level but also if they take a weird line through something a line that you guys don't take because right. they have huge arrow, then you may be coming across their rubber. Right. Um, and so just understanding that sort of thing will help you. Like you can't make it better, but if you can understand it, um, yeah, it'll do that. So, yeah. And that, and it helped me. Um, I mean, like you said, there's not much you can do about it, but like just knowing that and being aware of it, I think helped me kind of going forward. So yeah, pre- Thursday went, weird i mean we also got there at noon uh because that's the time we could get in and we had to get the car ready because we were driving at five uh usually we get to the track the night before set up the car hang out sleep you know there's a whole ritual there so that was strange um then friday we had a practice session get canceled because uh time attack things Uh, (laughs) I heard there were time attack things this weekend. Yeah, there were a couple fairly serious um, things. Things had some. You big, can tell me as much as you want, but I've I've heard things. Yeah, break. We had some serious break issues this weekend. Uh, I think all three major incidents I'm thinking of all had to do with either ABS issues or uh, overheating brakes. So. Uh, Check those brakes, y'all. Yeah, take care of your brakes, kids. Brakes are super important. As it turns out. Um, Yeah. So we didn't qualify great, uh, which is, you know, how we do. Uh, And you had like 68,000 cars out there, right? 50. I think we had 50, somewhere around 50. So fewer than spring kickoff. Basically 68,000. 50 cars in Gingerman is a lot of cars. Yes, it still is. Uh, so we, we went with the same goals we always do, you know, drive the car home at the end of the weekend, um, race cleanly and do a personal best. Uh, Seth, we got one of those. (laughs) Um, this is called foreshadowing. Drove the car, drove the car home at the end of the weekend. No. Um, (gasps) 
So I don't like I honestly for people listening, I don't know any of these we, answers. We, we I swear to God, I was racing motorcycles all weekend and I have no idea what happened. So um with the conditions the way that they were, um, it just didn't seem like a personal best was gonna happen. Now I was actually two hundredths off of my personal best. And given that's the worst. And <laughs> given the conditions, I actually feel pretty good about that. I, okay. I looked at the data and there were some places that I noticeably did much better. So I think given some conditions, I think there was there was time to be had there. So I'm I'm walking away with a moral victory for that All one. Right. Um right. but not a concrete actual victory. Yeah. Not a not a time <laughs> improvement. I got a forty one six one and my personal best is a forty one five nine. Um, I hate it when that happens. Yeah. So we we went in, I think we qualified twenty sixth. Uh which That's not bad. No, but you know I It's not good, but and we didn't you know, my best was actually in practice, not even in qualifying. Um I just I couldn't I couldn't back it up in the qualifying session. So that was a bummer. Uh, race one start. Uh, we went on, on the outside of one, and I had to go on the outside in the, to the grass of turn one to avoid hitting the uh, E46 that was in front of me. So I instantly lost eight positions and then had to basically I just focused and actually like get pretty flow state when – after stuff like that happens, all of a sudden it's like, all right, I got a job to do. We're going to do it. Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Um, and I think we finished 22 or something like that. No. Well, all things considered, that's a, a victory in itself. Yeah. I think I was, especially considering the, how the start of that one went, I think it went pretty well. Yeah, 22 is how we finished that one. And usually we get knocked down because the starting grid of race two is based on fast lap of race one. Right. And because we just don't have the raw out just pace, we usually get knocked back a few spots. But we actually ended up starting where we finished um, by happenstance. And race two went well. Um, had just had some good battles. We were just, you know, we were finally kind of in a pocket where we had some people running similar times and pace with us. Um, you know, got to play with our, our friend Dustin Barty, who was on the show a couple episodes ago, um, with their civic, had a good time there and yeah, just, just some good, good stuff. And did that one in 19, 19th, um, because of a couple penalties and stuff. And then uh, race three, I think we ended up 15th or 17th. I'm sorry, 17th. So that's that's kind of been the way we go through this season is we don't qualify very well. We've managed to fight our way up in race one. We get knocked back a little bit because of raw lap time, and then we have to spend the next three races kind of working up. Do so, you feel like that's something you need to fix or you just accept the fact that you're better at racing than, than qualifying? I think it's something I'd like to improve on. Um, okay. It's... You do go hang out with time attackers and learn to time attack. Yeah. And there are some there are some changes that we are planning on the car in the offseason that I think will help it uh, just have better raw out, raw pace um outside of what i'm able to do behind the wheel which i'm starting to notice more and more our rear differential just is it isn't helping me as much as uh i thought it did as maybe as i'm improving as a driver i'm noticing it more and more but it's needs to get better because <laughs> it's not great <laughs> Uh, but it's a torsion, and it just doesn't care, and it just keeps working. Uh, and I think there's a... Hey, you're not going to kill it unless you do something truly stupid. Indeed. So that's been its virtue for sure. Yeah. So 
Uh, throughout the weekend, I, I noted to Becky, I think in one of the early qualifying sessions, it just seemed, you know, when you release the pedal and engage the clutch, you know, there was just the slightest bit of the RPMs didn't drop like they usually do. It's just like this very slight hesitation that I noted. I'm like, well, the clutch isn't slipping, just the engagement seems soft, slow, something like that. Okay. So I just, I made a note. I to- told her about it. Seemed fine race one and two. Uh, it d- did its normal, like, as it gets hot, fifth gear, like, starts to, you start having to, like, really be intentional when you shift up. And so race three uh, went well, and it towards, I think, the last two or three laps, fifth gear was really hard to get into. Uh, it yeah. felt bad. Uh, t- and I was slow shifting into fifth. Like, I was just, because you can't slam it, um, but just had to, like, you know, really like notch, notch, and then just consistent pressure until it decided it wanted to go in and it went Interesting. in. Interesting. So, okay. Came in after that race, and unfortunately, you know, all the cars going up grid, you know, they all stop. So I put in neutral, and then I could not get it into gear. <laughs> um, you know, I had the clutch in, you know, like I know how to drive a manual. Um, and it just didn't want to go into first. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try second. It went in second. I'm like, okay, we're going to go in second. Um, pull in. And Miss, missing gears are never good. It's never like, oh, well, a gear's missing. It'll they, be fine. They weren't missing, though. It just wanted to grind just, whenever I... Oh, God. So we pull it in. Um, I had some duties to perform, so I told Becky I had a uh, clutch pedal limiter uh, at the bottom just to stop it from overextending. Um, So I'm like, well, maybe we need a little more. Take it out. Check the uh, shifter turret bolts. Be sure those are still tight and check for leaks. Like, I mean, outside of that, that's, that's all I've got, you know? Yeah. So she did, came back and, you know, it's just, Thoughts and prayers, you know. I I actually told Becky in the middle of race three, say a prayer for fifth gear uh, as I'm like coming into turn 10 because between 10 and 11 is the place where I really need fifth gear. Um, Like between 11 and one, I can get away with just hitting the rev limiter for a second and a half and fourth, which I ended up doing in race four. Um but it's like, I really need that fifth gear. And, uh, so we went out there first three, four laps. It was fine. Um, worked our way up a little bit on the start and slowly, you know, it was getting weird going into fourth two and my shift started getting really slow. My focus was just on getting into proper gears. So, you know, my lap time was falling and Sure enough, you know, it's getting really hard to get into fifth. And then we come around turn two and turn three, and there's a high speed vibration in my <laughs> in my butt. And it's like, well, we're done. Um, so yeah. I I came around turn five and six and it was still there. Got a bad bad line because I'm focused on on this and how to get out of the way well. So I get out of turn six and I give Dustin a, a point by like immediately just, you know, get by me. And then I, um, going into turn 10, I, there's a pack of four cars having a battle. I tried to get all of them through except Alex Moss. I screwed up his entry into 10. All apologies, Alex. And, uh, brought it in two laps early. So, oh, man. Um, yeah, literally I would have, seen the white flag at the end of that lap um and it but it wouldn't shift I, it would shift um just, well but hey you had the vibration then and you exactly were, yeah it's sort of like one of those re-entry things where you're like mm, she's breaking up captain yep and you know in the back of my head it's like 
let's bring this thing in. Like, you know, <laughs> can probably get it home and yeah, it can probably get us home. And like, that's about it. And after I talked to some people and they were right, just those kind of vibrations, you don't really want to drive on. Because oh, Brian of, did that one time. Yeah. Because Remember? Yeah. yeah, those things can really screw up other bigger, more expensive things. Um, right. So just right. don't. Right. So still don't know what's wrong. Uh, we suspect it's just a clutch, uh, clutch wear. Do you suspect it's a clutch or do you hope and pray it's just a clutch? I'm, I'm fairly confident it's not the gearbox. Uh, okay. When the car is not running, just going through the paddock, I can shift into gear as well as a transmission ever shifts into gear while it's not running. Right. Um, so that I don't think is the problem. Uh, and you haven't like drained the oil to see if it's all sparkly and chunky or anything? No, it's, I changed the fluid right before this weekend and it had some gunk, some shiny gunk on it, but like nothing substantial. Okay. Um, more of a feature, you know, the glue. Yeah, but feature. it's not like it didn't look like it's eating synchros or doing it. No, like no, no chunks. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm basically going to get it in the air and take off the inspection plate, stick my camera in there with the light on and take some video of it, of the throwout bearing. The other possibility is maybe the throwout bearing. Um, Why don't you just pull the trans? You're going to, I mean, there's nothing, there is nothing wrong that doesn't involve pulling the transmission. Right. So, and that's where we're at right now is we're not sure if we want to fix it. Or just light, push it outside, and light it on fire. What's your other option? Um, get a jump start. <laughs> get a jump start to the off season. Um, ah, okay. We are. Would you then just take Mooncake to the final event, or would you just be like, "Hey guys, have fun. We'll see you next year." We're we're tired. We've really as we've as we've <laughs> chronicled. This has been a difficult year. Um, yeah. And it's really, our season has been bookended by the car. The car has not traveled home under its own power three separate occasions. And that's getting old. And <laughs> we're getting I think you. I think tired. you missed this trailer thing by one year. We did. Yeah, 100%. And I think we said that after NCM. Like, we, yeah. we should have done this for this year. Uh, I also would have paid far less on the tow vehicle <laughs> had, had we done it the year before. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're to very, look back at the past. Yeah. We're very tired. Um, <laughs> so what we've been talking about right now is that we're going to be at road America regardless. And I'll, I'll instruct regardless, hang out. Um, and the hard part that we're at right now is like, getting a jump start on the off season really there's a huge appeal to that because we've got some really cool subtle changes to do in the off season and having an extra month just to like get going on that seems like something that would I would enjoy I think um, you've already talked yourself into it however um every day that goes by the thought of not being at road America and racing with the buddies is getting stronger. Maybe you haven't talked yourself. I, I did on, on the day that this happened, <laughs> I was done. I was, this is, it. this is, this is how you do anything is how you do everything. Emotional yep. Scott here yep. where you're just like, Oh, everything's terrible. No, it's yes. okay. Oh, it's terrible. Yes. And you, you just go back and forth through the extremes of, of emotion with, yeah, this is this is this is classic Scott. I love this. Yeah, and like how do you make a decision when the emotions and thoughts involved are conflicting and at the same time? Like that's that's <laughs> like that's real world stuff people don't don't talk about. They're like, you know, the the easy question everyone asks is like what's the happiest day of your life? And people always say, "Oh, my wedding or the birth of my kid." And it's like I get that, but it's like that's that's how you're rewriting history. Like those days are way more than your happiest. Like there's tons of anxiety and like stress trying to run around and make coordinate and fear that 
something's going to happen in childbirth maybe. And like there's, yeah, that's like somebody defining a day by a moment, like the right, actual exactly. dude, baby's healthy. Like that moment. Yeah. That was like, not the day. Like good Lord. That was amazing. Like we have she, a healthy baby. Like she poops in public. Well, not in public <laughs> in, in her room, like and blood everywhere. Like it's right. Childbirth is yeah, a bloodbath. It's yeah, the, terrible. The, the first, the first time you're like, holding your wife's hand and there's a baby happening. It's terrifying yep. for everyone. Let's yep. be, honest. I mean, except yep. for the, the nurses and the doctor, hopefully they're calm, but um, yeah. And so you define it by that one moment. Yep. Racing is a little like that. Let's compare pregnancy to racing again. Cause we yeah. like to do that as and, two dudes. And yeah. Two dudes. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the, uh, the benefits of childbirth for right. other people. Yeah. Because racing is the same way. Like you can have a stressful day worried about things being broken People not giving you room, yada, yada. But if you finish well, you define the whole day based yeah, on. If you just have that one thing, it, yeah. you can latch onto it. And for me, it's it can go in just the opposite way. Everything can be good until one thing happens and then everything's terrible. Now, because arguably, it sounded like you had an, an, a pretty good race weekend, except yes. how it finished. Yes. And Becky was actually said to me after race three, like, are you okay? You seem way too calm about this. <laughs> um, part of it for me is like, I was tired. <laughs> um, the other part is like, we were at least at a track close to home with some decent options and how to get back home if the car yeah. could drive. And the other was like, it shifts. Okay. Once it's cooled down and these are the only things we can do and we don't have time to do anything else. Yeah. And we're close to the off season. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's that whole, like the the whole thing that I tried to do, like push it on the trailer and not like, like don't freak out about stuff that you can't really be in control of in the moment. Yeah. So, Um, so apparently you did better than me. So I like that. Yeah. Well, one sort of one time. (laughs) um so i think i think what we've decided because we're doing a different transmission next year is that tell me tell me it's a a flappy paddle sequential or something awesome no adam told you you can't do those right no we don't want those we don't yeah you do it'll be awesome it'll be broken all the time it'll be so cool yes (laughs) inexpensive (laughs) yeah um no i think we decided that if it is the throw out bearing uh we won't be fixing it because we're doing a different transmission, we'd have to buy a proprietary um, throwout bearing slash save cylinder for one event, effectively. And Seth, I'm not made of money. Um, don't don't want yeah. that. So if it is just the clutch, the clutch is something that we can reuse for next year. Um, okay. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, but the car is still on its wheels in the garage, and I haven't even lifted it up to inspect it yet. So thankfully, our good buddies, uh, the Bens, Ben Mitchell and Dozeman, uh, Team Bad Company, they brought their massive two-car trailer with only one car, and we are like, hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> so um, notice all that room on your yeah, trailer. They were very generous thank you both um we managed to basically our cars were bump drafting in the trailer and um <laughs> and we managed to get our trailer in their trailer as well <laughs> we, i we met a guy one time there. i met a guy one time who raced nasa who literally didn't tie his cars down because he had two cars and like when you close the door it pushed them together he's like if it's a short trip they can't go anywhere and he would just like close the door and drive to the track. Better hope those are strong latches, I guess. Jeez. Yeah, and he was like, "No, nah, it's fine." And I don't. I'm yeah. not going to say I agreed with him, but it was a very interesting way to go about stuff. So it's a choice you can make, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, we we didn't get to run the the fun race. Um. And our our new teammate Brian DeFreeze has had his own problems. I think it was in. Uh, qualifying one on Thursday, his throwout bearing when he came back in died in fairly spectacular fashion. Uh, the car was smoking badly. 
when he came in. Cool. And thanks to the Benz again, he got a new clutch uh, delivered Friday morning, and he got a used takeoff throwout bearing from Eric Cattill. Thank you, Eric. And um, Chris, one of his Civic buddies and um, guy I'd met on a handful of occasions, basically did the bulk of the work and basically told Brian what to do, and they got the clutch changed in time for race one. Um, That's phenomenal. Late, uh, which was later on Friday, or I want to say like 3, 4 o'clock was when our first race was. So yeah, they got it together and good, and um, his car almost sucked in his pre-filter, but fortunately it got <laughs> stuck in the butterfly um he really dodged one there um but yeah he he had some great battles he ran very similar pace to a few cars and um yeah i wasn't able to run the fun race on sunday uh, which is basically you know gltc cars show up grid in whatever order you want to and um don't hit each other and have fun (laughs) that's basically it no no sounds awesome uh, he went out there, um, you know, had to avoid somebody and fell back, but then um, got refocused, ran him back down, and made made that pass. And I, uh, Becky was kind enough to let me play um, radio crew chief, so I was... Oh, you got to be spotter? I, I did get to be spotter. So, you, that was, so now you know what it's like. That was good fun. That was... Do you, do you like it? Are you I, jealous that Becky gets to do that now a little bit? I kind of, yeah. I mean, it was, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, we need to get Brian an, an Apex Pro so that we can uh, keep an eye on telemetry because I I know it's like based on telemetry. I could tell him, all right, you got a, you got a better run into one. Your your top speed going into three was much better. Um, you know, keep that up. You know, whatever you did that lap, do it again sort of thing. He responds really well to instruction. He always has. Like he's really good at saying hey brian do this and you'll be faster he's like all right and he goes up and does it it's phenomenal when it was fun like i could hear the car over the my headset that he had a really quick brake release and a really sudden stomp on the throttle so when i i heard the car come out of 10 over the the headset i reminded him soft out the on the brake be patient get the car rotated and then like you said he did and uh yes he was great fantastic yeah and he strapped his car up we loaded our car and our baby trailer onto the ben's big trailer made it home and watched the live streams while it was still daylight um so you know all in all it was all in all it was a good weekend um so it's just a matter of making some decisions this week and uh you know going from there Speaking of Apex Pro, were they like beside themselves with joy at our at our promotional podcast? That, uh, Andrew did say like, that they had a fair a fair few takers. Um, nice. I like to feel like I, I'm checking on the effectiveness of we, what we did. We can we contributed. We we might have, I know we might have I'm helped. So, I'm still proud so, of us. Did you did, get like a T-shirt? They they got me. Actually, already had the shirt, but I got Becky. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Same um, thing. And I did get an Apex Pro visor um decal which uh does make me look 10 percent faster worth it yeah totally worth it yes um yeah we got we did stick an apex pro in brian's car for race two and three two and three three and four three and four uh on saturday and that's on my list for him over the winter he needs to he needs to pick one of those up it's time I've been trying to get him to get data in his car for years. And he's like, I just like driving, man. So it was good. We saw Big Boy on stage. Do you you know who Big Boy is? Uh, Yes. No. I mean, no, but yeah, like, no. You don't. But yes. No. Do you know what group he was a part of? (sighs) Nope. You're going to say it and I'm going to know because that's it. Okay. Sure. Sure. I've heard like I've I will have heard the music, but yes. it's not uh, like my car doesn't have a radio. 
and I race motorcycles. So like that's Fair. music isn't a thing. Um, yeah, we got to see him. We got to see oh, who is the uh, headliner on Friday night. I was going to ask festival was like, cause this is the first festival since the world ended. Festival, and so festival. there was like people and they were having Vendors. fun and they were being safe and it was fantastic. Yeah. Everything That's good. seemed to have gone well. Um, I mean, it was all outside, which, you know, was a big deal as well, but right. all the vendors were there. Uh, Tommy's express was there with their tent set up and um, nice. got some good 360 video. I think of race one or two, one of the two. And, uh, that was good. Uh, got to touch base with some of the other partners and, you know, actually meet them in person. And, uh, yeah, lots of drift happening. Uh, lots of tire temp data happening. Lots of people, um, you know, Thursday was pretty quiet. Friday was busy. Saturday was a madhouse. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a good weekend. Uh, GLTC as a group did okay. Um, you know, we can still, <laughs> we can still definitely improve. We still had some incidents, um, ways that we can do better, but, uh, race three and four improve from race one and two. So yeah. It's a continuing culture war. You don't just make a culture one time and leave it. You have to continue to, to refine it and improve it and True. remind it of who it should be truer words yes that is yeah. fact so um yeah and we got home and becky found her new brand new fancy header on the porch and <gasps> yay she posed holding it like a baby i think unintentionally but i totally took the picture like that nice and um yeah so she's excited about that and yeah, we're just kind of looking looking forward. Like, it's just a lot of people. Like, even, like, if you don't interact with the people, for me, just right. being around that many people as an introvert uh, takes a lot out of you. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, like, our event was, was microscopic compared to yours. Like, we had, we had 17 endurance teams, and we're all like, woo, 17 teams. It's yeah. amazing. And still, driving home yesterday, I was like, why am I so like, I'm so tired. tired. I'm so tired. I rode for a total of half an hour on Saturday and then rode like six races yesterday. Yeah. And still I was exhausted. And a lot of that was just the, the social interaction and the mental stress associated with having two bikes on track um, the whole time and having, so when I say the other thing I didn't point out, when I say that we took third overall in the championship, we did that by four laps over the course of eight races, we have something like 1800 laps on the season. We are four laps in front of the fourth place team. So there was a little bit of stress involved in making sure that we actually did a good job because we knew like we could look at the, you were on the bubble. Yeah, we were on the bubble. Um, and it's, it was a night race. Again, it went from the race went from four to eight. So we finished under the lights, racing motorcycles under the lights is awesome. Yeah. Um, Cause you get all these weird shadows. Like you can tell when somebody's catching up on you and there's just bizarre shadow. Cause normally you can't see behind you with, with yeah. bikes. And um, sometimes it's somebody else. Sometimes it's your own shadow, which freaks you out. And um, you know, by the time we got done and ate pizza and like went to bed at 11 and had to wake up to be back at the track at, at seven 30 the next morning to do sprints and then load five motorcycles to go home and get home and get done unpacking at 11. I was like, I am so tired. Yeah. Yeah. We've kind of gotten spoiled with, um, this is the second event in a row. We've been able to bring Becky's car and we just throw the camping stuff and <laughs> chairs. And I actually got to bring a pillow. No this way. Weekend. Um, Miata drivers don't don't use pillows. That's a game changer. They're too big. Uh, <laughs> there's no place <laughs> to put it. Um, usually it's just like a sweatshirt or a pair of jeans rolled up or something. I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> um, we stay at hotels. We're posh. Well, hopefully with this new thing of ours, we'll actually just be able to blow up an air mattress and stick it in there and enjoy that life. 
You need to get it done yeah. first. I, I've actually been, uh, there's been some van discussion in my world too. And I'm not sure if we're going there yet for a lot of stuff, it would be really nice to have something enclosed. Like some of the actual race bikes are a little less weatherproof than just the dirt bikes we use. But when we do it, we're, we're talking about hauling motorized vehicles inside a motorized vehicle. And, um, you guys don't have to worry about this as much, but when you haul bikes and all this stuff, uh, a bulkhead is something you would like to have in there. Um, to keep stuff from flying forward and like slamming you with everything if you get into an accident. So it's kind of figuring out how to get a van with a, a bulkhead and hopefully a bulkhead that's that's sort of, it won't be completely airtight, but if you could keep it from leaking gas fumes into the front part of the van, that would be super useful. Sounds like you guys need a uh, old cargo work van. Yeah, but you can't like... By the time somebody sells a cargo work van, it's no longer suitable for anything. You can do what I did. Get a 15 passenger. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Dodge or Ram or Stellantis or whoever they are these days announced their the 2022 vans. You know, they make that van, which is based on the Fiat, whatever. It's super ugly. Yeah, the Sprinter. No, not the Sprinter. No, the, the uh, the weird, the front wheel drive one. Yeah, they, they, they the, called a something. Yeah, it's a Fiat. Yeah, it's it's based on the Fiat. So it's this front wheel drive van. Um, and they're just as ugly as you could possibly think of Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Promaster thing. Promaster. Promaster? Yeah. I grew up with old Dodge vans, which have no relation to this at all. But anyway, the the new ones are God, supposed to Are we to get, turning into slip angle and talking about... We are talking about oh vans. No, but God. they have... this. Two, two things. One, they're supposed to have a, a nine, they're shifting to the nine speed transmission this year, which everybody tells me melts way less often than the seven speed that was in it. And you can get it in five passenger configuration with a factory installed bulkhead. Nailed it. And so it, it like ticks a whole lot of my boxes. The only thing is it costs like actual grown up dollars is. Yes. And uh, buy it new. yeah. Which is what you'd have to do. And also, like, is it, I mean, it exists or will exist, but is it available is the other thing. So. Yeah, market's going to continue to get weirder. But, but yeah, that's the, I guess that's the state of race things. Yeah, we could talk about vans, too. We, no. Like, we could have a van show in the future. No. It would be great. No. Because <laughs> Slip Angle made everybody buy motorhomes, right? Like, like Slip Angle made not, everybody buy motorhomes. It's, like the it's motor a terrible decision. I, I know, still but we think could, it's a terrible decision. We could do for vans what Slip Angle did for motorhomes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I don't. I don't care enough for people to like do what I do. I know. Uh, I and, also don't think I want to convince people of like, no, the thing that I did is a good idea, right? Because that's what's well, it's in good, general. It's the good wrong for thing. me, right? Like, I have no idea if it's going to be good for you. No, I feel like that with racing and motorcycles and yeah, everything. But uh, life, right? Yeah, pretty much life. Like I've made decisions, and like when I was talking at the beginning, like my race season. Like I just sort of like bumble along in weird mediocrity, and then I get to the end, and I'm like, ta-da! That worked out great. I have no idea how, but you know, people ask me, they're like, your wife is amazing, and you're she's like a sugar mama, and you do all this stuff. I'm like, how did that happen? I'm like, I have no idea. Not a clue. I just bumble along day by day, and things are wonderful. Yeah, won won the lottery, and uh, no idea. Now, now he's gonna write a book on how to win the lottery because he, by happenstance, won the lottery, and now he knows Absol- all the secrets. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's uh, yeah. Anyway, God, I'm about to go off on a serious tangent. Look for my book on shelves coming soon. Nice. Um. Well, why don't we call it there? Uh, we are track walking at track walking podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, track walking chats is the Facebook group and yeah, you can find us there. You know, let us know how you like things. It's always helpful. Got a lot of good feedback on the, uh, wet track, dry track thing. Um, people yeah. seem, to, seem to like that one. So nice. nice. Good, good to hear and stuff. 
So, yeah, we'll be probably be back next week. I said that last week and we weren't back, but for both of us, we might be back. I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. This is Track Barking. Have a good night. <laughs>